Hello, everyone. Before we get this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast underway, we would like to take a moment to send our sincere thoughts and prayers to the family of Caden Schrock and the entire Fairfield community. As most of you know who are listening to this, Caden tragically passed away in a drowning accident Sunday, 16 years old, was a sophomore at Fairfield High School, played three sports, football, wrestling, and baseball. Um, you know, when the news came out, obviously just instant sadness and, you know, there's no words that can, we can say right now that, you know, can do anything, do any justice, you know, for Caden and his legacy. Um, so we just wanted to open up the show here with that and say that, uh, he's in our thoughts and prayers, the entire family. And we will be dedicating this episode of the Goshen News Sports Podcast to Caden's legacy. Uh, Before we get going here, I'd like to take a moment of silence in honor of Caden Schrock. Thank you. And now for the rest of this week's Goshen News Sports Podcast. And welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Talking to you here, as always, Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff. Joined with me, Goshen News Sports Reporter Evan Leepak. Evan, how are you today? Doing fantastic, for the most part, other than the uh, traffic that made me late here this morning. Well, or this afternoon, I should say. No one no one listening knows that you were late, so... Well, they do now. They do now. And they're also not surprised, because anyone who lives here knows that is it's construction season, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, one day, nothing's there, and then the next day, it's completely blocked off. It's awesome. Yeah. The, uh, the, the state flower of Indiana is uh, spurting, spurting, springing. Yeah, right now, aka blossoming. the cone, the cones, <laughs> the the orange cone is the state flower of Indiana, and that's they're in full bloom right now. You could say that for a lot of the Midwest. I yes. Feel. Uh, if you heard a third voice in there, by the way, that's because we have a special guest for the sixth time in this podcast history. Steve Crot joins the show. Steve, how are you? Better than I deserve. Better than I deserve. Thanks <laughs> for having. Me. Thanks that for having all, me. That's an all-time answer. Um, it's because he had a smoothie this morning. That's why. He did have a smoothie this morning. I'm jealous of that. So, uh, Steve, as you've, you've seen his byline, of course, uh, numerous times in the Goshen News, and he is here with us. We are doing what I'm calling a sectional preview extravaganza. Big fancy word. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve will be here. He's uh, our resident baseball expert, and uh, he'll be also give some insights on everything else that's going on in the local world of high school sports. We've got sectionals beginning this week. Uh, We'll sprinkle in some of the regular season stuff still going on in baseball and softball as well, obviously, um, because we still got a lot of drama in the Mm -hmm. NLC baseball and the NECC baseball and NECC softball. Um, But we will start with – we're going to do this in order, try to do this in order as much as possible. So if you hear papers and pens moving in the background, I've got my notes so I'm trying to keep keep track. Um, first sectionals, girls track, which begins Tuesday night, 
So if you're listening to this podcast after 5.30 Tuesday, a lot of the things we are saying, irrelevant. Um, we have two sectionals that we will be following. First off, the one in Warsaw kind of has the most of our teams. Seven of the ten schools that we cover are at Warsaw tonight. Uh, and the strongest ones are at Warsaw as well. Yes. <laughs> so Bethany Christian, Concord, Fairfield, Goshen, uh, Northridge, Northwood, Wawasee. All go there. And then at East Noble, we have Lakeland, West Noble, Westview. So, and like you mentioned, Evan, our stronger teams are at Warsaw. You have some insights. Would you like to share on that opinion? Wow. I mean, <laughs> I'm just looking at the notes here. Yeah. Obviously. My beautiful rundown that I put down. Feeling strong about Northridge and Northwood, right? Mm-hmm. Some individuals. Or we're looking at the girls' track first, or are we looking at the boys' track? Girls' track. Girls', girls track. track. We're doing yeah, the, we're trying doing to do this in order, order we're doing of how they order. are ran. We're kind do- of. Name some notable people. Elena Yoder, Northwood. Yep. 100 and 200 dash. She's also in the 4 by one Yep. That's fun. That team of uh, Claire Payne, Elena Yoder, of course, Claire Hannah Payne. Chupp, and Megan Michael. They won the NLC title last year, last week, last year, last week. Half the team were fresh. Is that that relay team is freshmen, so they weren't even on the team last year. Nice, nice yeah, job Claire by Payne me. Claire definitely a freshman. Doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me that she's on track. So I yeah. guess you can expect Northwood to uh, continue to be good, especially in that area. Yeah. Over the so, next couple of years. You know, for those who obviously like don't know, would track the top three in each event in the sectional automatically advance to the regional. Um, and then some others can get through as well based on their times. And uh, they got to fill out the field for regionals. So that affects, like, sometimes if you get fourth, but if you run a really good time or throw well or whatever, you can still get to the regional. So you can um, scratch, the coach can scratch within like an hour or so after the event in case they are in multiple events and they decide to right. focus on one or two. Right. So this, um, it's a weird um, move, not like a weird move, but. You know, the team element is part of this still, but a lot of the focus now turns to the individuals, trying mm-hmm. to get individuals to regionals and to state. You might see people run, you know, certain events, only run maybe one or two events so they can get to state. Um, you know, I think we might see some of that on the boys' side. But um, for the girls, you know, if we're going to go based off of the NLC meet last week, you know, six of the eight. NLC schools are in this sectional mm-hmm. at Warsaw. And Northridge last week had nine top three finishers at the NLC. That's why they got second place as a team. They didn't win uh, any events individually, but they got second as a team because they had that depth. So I think like they're going to be strong again. They're going to get a lot through. Um, I expect Northwood to get those three sprints through, maybe a couple more. They have come, some good distance runners too. Uh, Caitlin Burden, um, one of them among them. And um, so I think they got a chance. And then uh, Wallace has a couple of strong field events. Emma Yoder won the yep. discus throw. She broke her school, her own school record, 130 uh, feet, nine and a half inches. She broke the record that she won athlete of the week for? Yeah. A few weeks ago? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so she broke the school record that had stood for like 30 years, and then she broke it three weeks later. So she's only a sophomore. You gotta, you had to think that was going to happen. She's gonna keep breaking it, probably. Yeah. 
Steve, you want to make a guess on how many times she's going to break her own record <laughs> the next two years? I'll say about nine, about three times every year. Wow. wow. Well, uh, I mean, of course, because she could do it incrementally. She could do it by an inch or two or three inches at a time. So. Right. If like it just you know gets hits the right bounce, you know you could throw it farther. So, and then uh, Dylan Kinesny in the long jump, she was NLC champ last week, sixteen feet five and a half inches. She's a strong field athlete. She's going to Purdue Fort Wayne to be a track and field uh, star. Mastodons. Mastodons have been picking up some uh, yeah, area, area they love Wallace C. people. Yeah. <laughs> Keaton Dukes just signed there, as uh, you might have read about in the Gosha News. Well, I hope you read about it. Maybe. You know, a Steve, few people. did you read about it? I did. Thank yes. you. Even if he Steve even if he didn't it. read it, he was going to say yes, I yeah. think. So <laughs> Steve knows how to play the game. Um, so, yeah. And then over at East Noble, we've got a couple girls that are uh, NECC champs that I keep my eye on. Uh, Lucy Rensberger, Westu Jr. in the discus throw. She's been strong all year, and so I'm, I'm looking to her to maybe get out of that. Uh, she went to regional last year. She was sectional champ last year. And then two West Noble girls were NECC champs in their events. Madison Yates was a 300 hurdles champ, and then Emily Mayhorter was a long jump champ. So... Um, yeah, I think those those three are going to keep my eye on over at East Noble tonight. Uh, I don't really know if any of our other athletes over there are going to get out. Uh, uh, Emma Shifley-Lakeland in the pole vault, she's been solid this year. So maybe her gets to regionals. It's top three. I don't know if she'll win or not, but she can you know, push for top three. So um, definitely the Warsaw one, which I'll be at, is we have a little bit more – chance to get a lot more qualifiers out of that one than we do over at East Noble. Of course, the NLC is stronger. Just by default, we have more teams yeah. as well. So. Right. Seven, seven at Warsaw, three at, at East Noble. So, yes, the math says we have a better chance of getting sectional or regional qualifiers at there than we would, you know, in right. East Noble. So, um, any other girls' track notes before we move on? We touched on the notes that matter the most. We did. The high notes. The high notes, because there's high jump and people are running. Okay, <laughs> people, <laughs> people are doing the high jump. We, the uh, hurdles. This was I was trying to make a hurdle joke, but this it, man gets paid to talk about sports. It's unbelievable. The hurdle joke. It wasn't good. Mm. Steve didn't think it was very funny okay. either. Steve didn't <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm supposed to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha ha! It was ha, going ha, somewhere. Ha. I swear. We could put a laugh track in. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you edit A little post-edit. Okay. Uh, so, boys track. We'll go there then. And they are on Thursday. Same seven schools that are at Warsaw are represented at Goshen for us. And then the same three at East Noble are also at East Noble for boys. Um, this is very loaded. Very loaded area for us in boys track. I think I've said that a million times this year. But... The running in the fall, the cross country in the fall, and now the running in the in the spring, we've got. It's all lived up to your uh, expectations. Bro. So far, so far, um, you, we have legit you, chance to get multiple state qualifiers across multiple schools in multiple events. So I was gonna say multiple. You look at all the names on this list. You're like, all these people are probably state bound, or at least have a great chance of being so. Steve, I'm gonna go to you for a quick question. Um, you know. Can you recall maybe an air? Uh, what what's maybe one of the better years can uh, you can recall where we had, you know, a a big boys track 
you know, showing at state in terms of overall balance of the schools. Because we got Concord, Goshen, Northwood, Northridge could have, you know, multiple events represented at state this weekend or in a couple weekends. Seems like it's been a four or five years anyways, maybe a little further back than you got that many different schools potentially represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That long. But could I tell you exactly what year? I don't know. I've slept a couple of times since then. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's been a while since. I mean, you got to go out and do it. I mean, this right. looks all good on, on paper, but uh, I think you had a really good chance of mm-hmm. making some noise. Yeah. So kind of trying to quickly go through it as much as possible. You have the sprinting in Jatan Thomas from Concord, a senior, recently committed to Marion University. Um, he was the 100 champ, the 200 champ, and ran the final leg of the 4x1 to be the NLC champ last Tuesday. And uh, he's one of the best sprinters, not only in the area, but in the state. Uh, he qualified for the 200 at the state meet last year, and he's running really good times. Was a uh, 100 time was 11.13, 200 time was 22.58 seconds, and he single I want to I want to say single-handedly because it is a relay race but he took the baton a good 10 meters behind the Mishawaka kid and just out sprinted him to the end it was unbelievable to watch one by 0.08 seconds it was incredible um he knows he's good too yeah, yeah. he's very confident <laughs> yeah, very, I've slightly heard. cocky yeah. very confident <laughs> I've so, heard he's got a bit of cockiness to him but it, you want to have that edge you know especially if you're going to be good like he is, especially running against. I mean, it's the competitive spirit, right? You know, it is. He's going to end up at state, probably. I'm not trying to say it's definitely going to happen, right? But, but I'd be surprised if he wasn't. So it'd be fun to see what he does against that type of competition later on down the line. Yeah, as well. it's it's going to be fun. Um, and then uh, his teammate Anthony Roberts won the 1600 meter run for Concord at the NLC. Uh, what a race that was, too. It was a sprint to the finish between him and Jackson Miller from Northridge. Drew Hogan from Goshen was third. So I would expect all three of those guys to be in contention. Jordan Burden, maybe Brady Hunsberger from Northwood, too. Um, he's going to be their main distance guy for Concord. Jack DRC also a chance to get out in hurdles as well and long jump. Uh, he's good at both those things. So uh, speaking of... Drew Hogan, Goshen, he's all, he's a, he won the 800 at the conference meet last week. Always a threat to get out in the 800 and the 16. Uh, the Goshen's 4x8 is is a real deal right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, him anchoring that uh, with Cole Johnston, Luis Loera, and Tommy Claxton. So they've won pretty much every, every event they've been in. So I would expect that trend to continue, uh, at least through sectional, maybe into regional. But they were... They were on paper just supposed to get out out of regional last year, and they got fourth. So you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, they were one of those just misses that we thought we might get as well, but we'll see. So um, that's the thing with track, right? Parity, just a matter of seconds in some races, right? So if, if even one guy is feeling like a little off for a race, like that's it. Or if you have any sort, like the hundred dash is so fluky right where like you got to be really good obviously you got to be fast but like if you somehow slip even like the slightest out of the block that's it like you're done it's it's a it's a race that's decided by one total second more times than not you know so you rarely see no one gets blown out in the hundred 
You know what I mean? It rarely you see someone lose by more than like two seconds. There's not a lot of time to recover. So if you right. have, if you like, have a bad takeoff, you're in sometimes trouble. you don't get the smoothest transition with the with the relays with the with a baton. Right. Not that they foul or anything, but if it's just not as smooth as the other team, that could make the difference. Right. It's it's <laughs> such a you know technical element that relay. You never know. It's it's a uh, so, and then Northridge also couple big kids jack moore 3200 uh he continues to dominate he won by 28 seconds at the nlc meet 913.52 seconds was his time it's impressive yeah he wants to go sub nine he told me two weeks ago he wants to go sub nine so we'll see if he can get 13 that. seconds man he's uh, ran 902 he's ran 902 so he's gotten close i'll be i'll be rooting for that 858 neutrally you know, because we're we're a neutral party here. But yeah. uh, for him, why not? You know, why can't a kid be happy? I can be happy for someone else's happiness. <laughs> okay, that got really oddly deep. Um, and then that's what maybe- I do on this podcast. I just say weird stuff sometimes, and it works. It's fine. Other than my botch joke that Steve didn't laugh at, it was terrible on my part. I understand. I wouldn't have, thoughts with Evanly. I wouldn't have laughed either. So it's fine. Sometimes I just believe it or not, I can just stop talking and let him go and see where the conversation goes. It's very exciting. Um, and then Mason Floria. Both hurdle races, 110 hurdles, 300 hurdles, NLC champ. The 300 is his um, signature event. He really, he's really good at that. Um, bread and butter, bread, but, and, bread and butter, so to speak. Yeah, bread and butter, and um, he he's uh, he's a legit state contender for that. To at least get the state. Um, and again, like Steve said, you got to go out there and run the races, of course, but. Um, he's he's pretty confident. He's like, I expect to be there, and I expect that to be you know me and seven other indie kids. You know what I mean? So, I, I respect the confidence, and the, and there's a lot of swag and confidence from the kids in this area for track. You know, Jatan Thomas is the most kind of outwardly, but yeah. Mason Floria did the Conor McGregor walk after a win in the 300 hurdles uh, last oh, week. Oh no! <laughs> it was kind of it was fun. It's like. I like that personally. Like, yeah, man. Like, as long as you're not over the top with it, not you've, as long as you're not excessive, like yelling at people in their face. Like, if you're be good hype, dude. Yeah. The 300 hurdles is hard. That's like the hardest event I feel like to do. Or pole vault. Pole vault and the 300 hurdles are like the hardest events to do. Well, there's no rhythm to the 300. The discus. Is you can learn how to throw a discus, I feel like, a lot easier than how to do the hurdles. You gotta be strong, though. You gotta be a beefy person. Yeah, I'm not saying that you have to, be, like, the easy, the hardest ones to, like, get the basics down of, I would say, are the 300 hurdles and the long, and the pole vault. The pole vault is an incredibly technical event. I'd be so scared to do the hurdles. I mean, I know Mason Flory is great at what he does, but I'm sure he's, like, tripped over and hit. Hit the hurdles and right. fallen multiple times well, in practice. I love, I've loved watch, watching like Jack DRC like at the Goshen Boys relays. It just seemed like he was like running through the hurdle. Like he wasn't even trying to go over it almost. He was like, I'm just going to kick it down and see what happens. And he got second. So maybe that's a new strategy. Well, look what the you have to do to be a good quarter mile or a 400. And then think about doing that over hurdles. I mean, that race is almost as long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, you yeah. have to have that. You so, have to have that technique plus speed and everything. Yeah, so it should be uh, a fun sectional, and then they all get back together for the regional next Thursday. Um, 
next week the girls regional is track regional is at Kokomo the boys track regional is at Goshen uh, for the ones that are at Warsaw and Goshen and then the East Noble we gotta talk about the East Noble sectional first I have almost forgot about that we got some good kids there too uh, Lakeland's Dominic Lawrence also in the hurdles junior uh, was NECC champ 15.02 uh, if you want to compare that to Floria Floria ran 15.53 so cool. you know I, th- I think they go neck and neck. Obviously, they wouldn't see each other until state, just how it go- works. But it'd be fun to see them both get down there and see what they can do. So, and um, uh, Jalen Gonzalez from the West from West Oval hundred meter dash won it by point oh one seconds. That is literally the slimmest of margins. Yeah, beat out Braden Helms from Fairfield. Braden Helms, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't know he was so good at track. This is his first year doing track. That's why. That makes sense because I had never heard anything about him no. doing track. But, I mean, obviously you watch him in basketball. You don't know he's got that type of speed. Great athletic ability, so I guess it checks out. Yeah. I, I was told he was asked to run track by University of St. Francis where he's going to play football, like to just keep you know in shape or whatever. He's a multi-sport guy. He's really good at, I guess, everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's football, a great football he's going player. to college for football. Yeah. And he was, he was a pretty awesome basketball player this past season. Now he's making some noise in track, too. Yeah. Everything he Got touches. some big strides, so he, that's why he's so fast, I think. He can yeah. get, get that body moving. <laughs> he's good him. in the 100 and the 200, so he's got a chance to make regional in both. We'll see what he does that you know at, at that point. But, uh, yeah, so it should be interesting. Him and... And Jalen Gonzalez from West Noble, good good hundred meter dash guys for us, and um, and then you also have Lyndon Miller from Westview won the eight hundred at the NECC. Westview also won the four by eight um, at the NECC. Owen Troyer long jump from Lakeland. Um, so we had some we had some good wins. Four by one for Lakeland won. Uh, Grant Flora from West Noble also won the thirty two hundred. So we had some good performances. At the uh, NECC Boys Track Meet uh, this past Friday. Also, shout out Ray Strite, retiring Ray Strite, 39 years as a track official. Steve, I'm sure you've had plenty of conversations with Ray over the years, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Good good guy. I mean, you, you know it's a big meet if Ray is, Ray is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like he worked every big event, every Goshen relays, the girls' relays, sectionals, regionals. Like, he was there. He was the guy. So. Congrats, Ray, on the retirement. And uh, he didn't he didn't want to initially do an interview with me, but I, you know, slowly you talked him into him. it. Talked him into he, it. He's not. It's not about him, you know. No, he, that's he's what he kind said. of low key. Yeah, he's a pretty low key guy. But I waited. I bided my time. Waited till after the meet, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta ask you some questions, Ray. I just have to. And he said, okay, or is All he right, like fine. fine? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so he wanted to get rid of you. Yeah, yeah, he's like, fine, this two minutes. Like, she, I'm surprised he didn't put me in a like a time limit. Um, so yeah, loaded, loaded boys sectionals. Both East Noble, both words, both <laughs> East Noble sectionals go to the regional at Indiana Wesleyan Marion. So, good yeah. to know. This is important information. Yeah, in for case every, you everyone, go. everyone involved. In case you want to go. So, okay. Well, that's a lot of track talk. Let's talk 
girls tennis. That is the next sectional in line. Technically, they start Wednesday before the boys track sectionals, but I want to keep all the tracks together, you know. Make, makes sense. Yeah. So, girls tennis, the draws. Every, everything has to be ship-shaped for you. That's the, that's what, if you know Austin Huff, you know everything has to be aligned and in order, you know, and it makes sense. It's good. What does that even mean? It means... Why are you calling w- me out? Without right you, you know, the Goshen News Sports uh, Department just wouldn't be the same. <laughs> why, are, why are you calling me out right now, bro? We I don't think gotta... it's a call. I think it was a compliment. <laughs> Steve, do you think this is a compliment? I mean, you're I the, think you're it was the a neutral compliment. Yeah, party. Yes, I'll, I'll say that that was a comment. Compliment. Yeah, it go. was a comment, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> okay. Girls tennis, sectionals. The brackets came out Monday night. And uh, seems pretty fair. Most of them, Concord Northridge going against each other was eh, but uh, the one at uh, sectional 48 at Northwood was you know Fairfield Goshen Northwood versus Bethany feels balanced. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have any critiques or complaints about the the draw really. So yeah, I think everything looks ship shape. I, mean, I just keep saying ship shape. Going back to what we were saying before. But yeah, the the draws here were not uh, uneven as we've seen in other sports. Mm-hmm. Everything fits perfectly here, I think, for yeah. the most part. Sectional forty six. We'll try to read off the schedules quickly here. Sectional forty six at East Noble, five teams. Wednesday, Lakeland East Noble quarterfinal. Thursday semifinals are Westview versus Central Noble, and then West Noble plays the Lakeland East Noble winner, and then championship is Saturday at ten a.m. Uh, if I'm going to make a quick prediction, I'm going to go Westview versus East Noble in the final there. Uh, Lakeland, West Noble, Central Noble have had lackluster seasons. Lakeland's been playing okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Noble struggling. Central Noble also struggling. It's a good draw for Westview. Um, it is. They should be in the final Saturday morning to get a chance to uh, repeat as sectional champs. Um, it's kind of a rebuilding year for Westview. It lost some good players they dealt with some injuries so if they can somehow end up getting out of the sectional i mean that's a that's a big win for them this yeah. season sectional 47 at concord four teams are you gonna read them all or should i read some you can read this one sectional 47 at concord four teams as austin just said wednesday semifinals we have northridge and concord opposite of them Jimtown and elkhart those matches will start at 5 p.m and the championship match will be the next day, Thursday at 5 p.m. And I guess if Northridge and Concord were uh, split up, you'd say that's the championship match, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah, Jimtown Jimtown lost to Bethany Christian last night. So, and Bethany's been kind of up and down this year. So, and I don't know enough about Elkhart. Elkhart beat Goshen four one last night, so mm-hmm. maybe they're decent. It feels like it should be Elkhart. On one side, and then Northridge or Concord. I I gonna favor Northridge, but it should be an even matchup. I think both Northridge and Concord had strong showings at the NLC finals. Who's so. ranked the highest in the RPI? I don't know if they have an RPI in <laughs> high school girls tennis. I think you're. I think you're. Without saying it, you're thinking. Well, we can seed this, but how would you seed that? <laughs> Except for one loss record. Yeah, that's. In tennis, that would probably be the only head-to-head. Northridge beat Concord head-to-head. So that then Concord won the first two matches of the night that went off the courts, and then Northridge won the final three. It was a weird match that got moved indoors to Eastlake in Elkhart, and they could only play three at a time. 
So the first two, like two of them, the first three went on, but the first two that came off were Concord wins. So Con- Elk Northridge was down 2-0 and then won the next three. Uh, so that could be in- – I mean, it was competitive. It was close. So it's only a 3-2 match. So. I wonder which uh, matchups those were. I, gotta, I can look it up. Concord's two doubles and three singles made it to the finals this past weekend. So I'm wondering if those were the two. I will look it up for you and Steve and for our listeners. Just give me one second. Just one second? No, a couple seconds. No dead air. I have to keep talking. Concord won three singles and two doubles, which is where they were good in the NLC. Yep. And then Northridge won one singles, two singles, one doubles. So They got to flip. They got to flip a matchup, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, sectional 48, I'll read it off, even though we kind of already did. At Northwood, four teams. Uh, semifinals are Fairfield versus Goshen, Northwood versus Bethany, 5 p.m. Wednesday. Championship match Thursday at 5 p.m. Like I said, excuse me, this feels like a pretty even draw. Uh, Fairfield 12-1, and NECC outright champs. Very good team. Only loss was to state-ranked Homestead from Fort Wayne, who they could potentially see in a semi-state if they make a deep run. Um, Northwood, 11-4 and four season. Fairfield was 12-1, and one, by the way. Northwood, 11-4. and four. Played Fairfield very close. First match of the year, 3-2. Yep. So I recall. Yeah, you were there. We yeah. talked about that match a little bit when it happened, and then last week, I think, too. But, yeah, it's uh, it should, should be Fairfield and Northwood. Mm-hmm. That's the expectation. Yeah. I'd be, I mean, Goshen's been... Not terrible this year. They've had the bright spots. Up and down. But Fairfield at 12-1, and one, undefeated in the conference, they're strong. And that's, that's all there is to it. They would have to have a really, really bad day to not advance to the championship match. Mm-hmm. That's just my expectation. Could be wrong. I'd love to be proved wrong. You know, why not? Because I always love being proved wrong. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> part about our job is when we say things and then we're wrong. Sometimes like, it happens. Don't, like, don't sleep on Goshen. <laughs> yeah. Um and then you could probably have said the same thing for the Northwood Bethany match there too. So strong. They Northwood was a little bit of a surprise this year to me. They they played much better than they did last year. So nice improvement from the Panthers. Improvement comes with experience. That's yeah. how it goes. That that has helped them. That has helped them for sure. Um, and then sectional fifty two. Yeah. This one will be at Columbia City. There are five teams in this respective sectional. And we care about one. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And the team that we care about will be playing in Wednesday's quarterfinal. Wawasee will match up with Warsaw at 4.30. Thursday's semifinals are Columbia City against Whitco, while Tippecanoe Valley will take on Wednesday's winner between Wawasee and Warsaw. And then the championship match is on Friday at 4.30. Yeah, tough draw for Wawasee. Warsaw mm-hmm. is the was a co-NLC champ in the regular season. Um I you know you never know. That's why you play the matches. Why you play the game. Uh, but yeah, I, think, I would be a little surprised if Wawasee won on on Wednesday. Yeah, they got the bad draw. I think they would have rather have faced off with any of the other three teams. Yeah, they lost to Whitco on Monday three two, so that was a close match. A tight one. Could have could have maybe snuck that one out. Warsaw is probably going to win the sectional. They're pretty solid this year. So yeah, it was not the best draw in the world for the for the Warriors. So. No, sir. No. So, those will take place this week. 
the sectional 46, 47, and 48 winners are joined by sectional 45 at the Northridge Regional. So, uh, on paper, if I were to make predictions for what that regional would look like, this will be held against me. It'll be Angola, Westview, Northridge, Fairfield, which is what it was, I think, last year, too. That sounds right, and that would make the most sense based yeah. off this season's uh, records and what's yeah. happened, what's transpired. Westview or East Noble. That one is subject to change, but mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like Northridge will get through their sectional. I feel like Fairfield will get through their sectional. So We will find out. Yes, we will. Okay, the next sectionals to keep order like Austin Huff wants in the Goshen News Sports Department. There you go. (laughs) Softball, softball sectionals begin next week, Monday, May 23rd through Saturday, May 28th. As of now, weather subject to change the schedule at all times because it's May in Indiana. It was 95 degrees the other day, and now it's 65. So it's supposed to rain a couple times this week, I think. I don't remember yay, the days. Wednesday. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. Uh, Biggest NLC baseball day ever. Steve has voice as a pity. Yeah, I, nothing you can do about it, but yeah. I hope that it doesn't cause so, problems. Softball. Big, big area. Softball sectional previews coming up here. Okay, we got three that we focus on. I will go through Class 4A, Sectional 4 at Warsaw. Five teams getting involved here. You've got the first game, which I think is the de facto sectional championship game. I'm going on the record and saying it. Goshen, 12-6 and six versus Northridge, who's 15-6. and six. Um, You're going to get Abby Hostetler pitching for Northridge. You get Goshen, who I don't know who they're going to pitch. I would guess Tyra Markham gets the ball you think so? at some point. At some point, she's going to pitch in this game. They might go Bradshaw to start. Uh, but Markham seemed to have good success against Northridge two weeks ago. No love for Ramirez? Liz Ramirez could get the ball, too. She, a, she's pitched the pitchers. most from they, what I saw. Yeah, they have three solid pitchers. But I'm I'm if I were managing the team, if I were Brent Culp, mm-hmm. and I watched Tyra Markham pretty much slow down Northridge's offense to the point where you could come back and almost beat them two weeks ago, I'm starting Markham. Yeah, if you base it off that one performance. She's been solid. She's been getting better. I'm going to I'm gonna go with Markham in that one. I guess we'll okay. find out. Goshen Northridge we'll Monday. Uh, semifinals are Wednesday. Concord versus Warsaw. Elkhart gets the Goshen Northridge winner. Championship game Friday, May 27th, 6 p.m. at Warsaw. Uh, Concord has struggled a little bit as of late. Six of eight they've lost. Yes. They had lost four or five going into Monday, and then they beat Warsaw. So now they've you know lost six of eight because they got the win yesterday. Warsaw, no pitching, very bad. Um, Concord is, you know, probably did a little bit of a, probably did a cartwheel seeing that draw. Brent Bardo probably did a cartwheel. You think Brent Bardo can do a cartwheel? Steve? No. Do you think Brent Bardo can do a cartwheel? I bet Brent Bardo. I knew Brent. I've known Brent Bardo for forty years. I bet he could do a cartwheel back in the day, but now <laughs> I don't know. I'm not just sure. I was gonna say this. Just then, Steve calls Brent Bardo old. Wow, hot take. <laughs> Brent so Bardo's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and 
you can't see my gray hair, so we can say I'm 30, but we know better. <laughs> um, yeah, this to me, like I said, whoever went for me, whoever wins Goshen Northridge wins wins this sectional to me. Yes, you could say Concord is waiting in the weeds. Maybe they're a wild card, but the issue is they haven't been playing well. So going into the postseason, not playing well isn't great, and. They have the potential to be very good at the plate. They've shown that multiple times this season. But when you face a good pitcher, it kind of shuts it down. And if you can't score, then you're going to have issues winning games. You know, hot take. So. Yeah. <laughs> you can't continue to lose games in the NFL and expect to win, yeah. say Trent Dill for one time. Um, yeah, Concord. Like, it's going to come down to the star players for Concord and Goshen if they're going to beat Northridge. Northridge, when you look at their offensive stats – like, no one, like, pops off the page. There's no, like, 600 average or 12 home runs or whatever, but they have a lot of really solid players, and they're backed up by Hostetler, who, going into Monday, she lost last night, which is rare, but going into last night, uh, 11-2, 0.59 ERA. 0.59 ERA. 211 strikeouts. It's pretty good. Yeah. Solid. She's given up nine earned runs all year. Yeah, nine in runs. Yeah, I don't know if it, and they lost. They only lost one nothing last night. Mishawaka, by the way, coming out of nowhere right now. I feel like in softball they beat Penn last week. They're in that sectional with Penn. Like it's a, usually a foregone conclusion that Penn softball they're going to win the sectional. But Mishawaka is playing very well, and they beat Northridge last night one nothing. Do you think Penn pitched their uh, best pitcher? Obviously, Northridge pitched their a, best pitcher. Against it was a one zero game. I don't know. Yeah, it they, probably was then. Yeah. yeah. So they are playing well. Yeah, wow. Mr. Walker is rolling. Like, watch out. Watch out. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, all right, sectional 21, Class 3A. That's you, Evan. It is. It's at Wawasee. Wawasee. Five teams make up this particular sectional. Wawasee, if you remember, won it last year. You remember? They did. Yeah. Kind of surprised some people. It was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Let's see if they do that again this year. Might be a bit of an uphill battle. Well, Northwood, Northwood, obviously. Okay, we're just going to get into the things first. I'm going to say the games, and then we can talk after. Yeah. So, uh, game one, West Noble versus Northwood, Monday, May 23rd at 5.30. So, that's next Monday. Game two, Jimtown will take on Lakeland. And that'll be on Tuesday. The next day, May 24th, also at 5.30. And then Game 3 is Wawasee against Game 1 winner, which, like I said, between West Noble and Northwood. That game will be on Wednesday, May 25th, 5.30. And the championship game will be on Saturday, May 28th at 11 a.m. So uh, wake up early for that one. Get ready to go for some uh, sectional championship baseball over at 3A, sectional 21, Wawasee. So. Softball. You said baseball. I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> on softball. the record? Off the record? On, on the record, I knew this was softball. I just said baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the same sectional teams and numbers, so I don't blame you. Um, yeah, this is going to be – this is wide open. We've talked about this one kind of a little bit at times the last couple of weeks. Um, Northwood is playing well. They they hit the ball. I tell you that much. Morgan Jenkins, stud. Mm-hmm. Stud. Yeah. Uh, I got her. Oh, I didn't write down. They had 137 total runs through 20 games. 
So they had seven more last night. So 144 runs in 21 games. That's pretty good. They scoring a lot. Hit the ball. They know how to hit. I've seen, Can they pitch? That's the question. Yeah, I've seen multiple games where it's like 14 to 13 or 12 11 stuff like that. I'm like, well, it's a good thing they can hit the ball. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, but it is you wide got, open. You, you got you got your stats. Like, looks like you got a whole notebook of stats ready to go here. No. Most of my stuff is for baseball. <laughs> good. But I was just saying... Steve, Steven and uh, Evan are going to carry the baseball talk. That's good. I'm just going to talk about how crazy the NLC baseball race is. But softball, yeah. Um, and Lakeland as well. They're a team that's kind of played a little better lately. I don't know a lot about Jimtown for softball, but Lakeland, they have lost seven in a row, and now they've won four of their last seven. Mm-hmm. So they, they're playing a little better. Um you know, they got some good pop in the bats. So, you know, they could be the dark horse team out of this. It feels like Northwood is the favorite. And then maybe Wawasee. And then it's like, it's so hard. It's so hard to pick this one. West Noble is really struggling. They only have one win. And it was against Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know how much that counts. It, so It's uh, better than having zero wins. Yes. I will say that. Yes. But yeah, you could you could see three or four teams in the sectional win it and wouldn't surprise me. Yep. And uh yeah. So that's that's gonna be an interesting one. And then sectional thirty five, class two A softball, six teams getting together at Westview. Will it be the year? Will it be the year? Will it happen? <laughs> We're gonna find out. <laughs> Westview softball opens it up Tuesday, semi May twenty fourth, next Tuesday, semi quarterfinal game with LaVille. Uh and then Oh, second game that night, another quarterfinal game, Central Noble and Prairie Heights. Uh, semifinals are Fairfield versus the Westview LaVille winner Thursday, the 26th at 5.30. Then the game after that will be Bremen against the Central Noble Prairie Heights winner. And then the championship game is scheduled for Saturday, May 28th at noon. So that should be interesting. Westview 12-2 currently, 8-0 NECC. They have a big game against Fairfield coming up tonight in softball, and then a big, big game to determine the NECC champ Friday, or Thursday against Eastside at Eastside. They lost to them 5-0. Um, and then Westview lost this past weekend to Bremen, but they did not pitch Antel. It's the only game Alexis Antel has not pitched this year. It was the second game of, like, a doubleheader in a tournament, and they did not pitch Antel. So Go take figure. that one with a grain of salt. So. Go figure. She may be the single most important player to any of our teams, like any across the board, right? In all sports? Like pretty much. Because the way she, what she does at the plate and in the circle, I mean, I don't know. I would, I, I mean, she, she hits and she pitches very well. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Um, I've got numbers. Do you have numbers? Do you have Lexi Santel stats that you'd like to run off? Well, I have the pitching numbers, but I, don't, I mean, I'm assuming they're correct. I got them off Game Changer, unless yeah. you got yours somewhere this else. This was from Game Changer as well. From but these are from before Monday's game. So I don't know. I just what, they beat whatever whatever was on the stats. She had a what six. Do you, what do you she have? has a well. I had her as eight and one with a point eight ERA, but now she's nine and one. Okay, I have her at nine and one. Right. With a point seven three ERA. Right. It went down. It was point eight. Now it's point seven three. 173 strikeouts. Yep, because she had 157 going into Monday. Struck out 16 people last night. Just nine earned runs all, yep. all season. That hasn't changed. It was a 7-1 to one victory. 
uh, and she's also batting 659 at the plate. Yeah. That's pretty oh, good. By the way, <laughs> Steve, <yeah. laughs> Steve was like, "What?" <laughs> that was yeah. a good reaction by Steve there. Yeah, and she it's not like she only bats every once in a while. Like she is their main like three hitter the whole time. Yep. And she's batting six fifty nine. Number six fifty nine. What? It says video game. That's numbers. video game. That's yeah. Pitch softball we got numbers. a. We got a couple. I mean, Tyra Markham. I know we we kind of talked about it a little bit. So she's batting six hundred for Goshen right now with mm-hmm. twenty one RBIs, sixteen extra base hits. Like she's balling too. Antel and Markham, the big hitters, and then Antel and Hostetler, the big pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with your point. I think she probably is the most important. Alexis Antel is probably the most important player to. Almost any of our teams, regardless of sport, this spring. That's what I'm saying. I bring up good points. About time. That's why I'm here. Well, you take her away, and I'm not saying that they're bad, but, boy, that's important to have her in yeah. the lineup. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she batted against Bremen, but she didn't pitch. And 12-2, I think, was the final – or 10 nothing was the final score. Like, they didn't – they weren't competitive. It wasn't great. No. No. So, like, she is vital to this. Her last name should be Vital. Alexis Vital. Alexis Vital. But I like the alliteration. Alexis Antel. A. Okay. It's not a great alliteration. Anyway. So, we're going to look at the rest. Of the the, the, the sectional four softball winner will host regional Tuesday, May 31st, while the sectional 21 and sectional 35 winners will be on the road. So, more than likely, whoever wins sectional 35 will probably be going to Eastside. Whoever wins sectional 21, more than likely, probably going to Bishop Dwanger in mm-hmm. Fort Wayne. And the uh, sectional four winner, more than likely, hosts either Mishawaka or Penn. So, we, I don't think we mentioned uh, the Fighting Skibbies. Fairfield? They've, 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 rid the, they've rode the roller coaster this year, I feel like, more than any team. Up and down, very up and down. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. They've had these moments of brilliance, and then they've had these moments where you're scratching your head, like, how, you know? And they're just a, they're a solid team, but they don't do any one of things well, right? You know, they do just enough to win game. Like they're eleven and nine, I -hmm. think, but like they don't, like their pitching isn't like superb. Their hitting isn't like there's not one hitter that's batting over like three fifty. It's just they're they're just finding ways to win. They are a finding ways to win team. Which is important in the postseason, I suppose. But, I, I I mean, they didn't beat Central Noble. They wouldn't play Central Noble until the championship, so that wouldn't matter. Westview did beat Central Noble this season. And that's the only other team that I'd be like, oh, besides Fairfield and Westview, that could make some yeah. noise. Bremen, Bremen's a decent team, mm-hmm. but, you know, Aaron Coffel isn't walking through that door right now. So. <laughs> Steve knows. Uh, I am laughing because <laughs> I don't like know who that is. Home runs for Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Coffel is going to win SEC Softball Player of the Year probably at Kentucky. So That's cool. She was at Bremen. That makes sense. She won the state title in 2019 with them, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they went up yep. to 3A because of success factor. You know, when you have a Division One player like that, mm-hmm. you tend to win and go up. So, yeah. Okay, the sport we brought in, Steve, for – Baseball sectionals next week. We're just gonna they turn turn Steve loose. Beginning. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> Evan and I are gonna turn our microphones off. We're gonna let Steve go crazy. And yeah, so Steve, baseball sectional. We'll read off the we'll read off the um, pairings 
and we'll we'll go to you for some analysis. Um, first off, you want to you want to plug your baseball website? IndianaRBI.com. That is my blog, and I try to feed that on a regular basis. And uh, BaseballAcrossIndiana.com is another website and a podcast that we do every Sunday night, eight eight o'clock. Me and some guys from around the state. Do you uh, do that with the Hat Guy, Hardy the Hat? Hardy the Hat Guy, yeah. aka Dan Hill, mm-hmm. and he is the one that uh, produces that. He it was his idea. He is an IT person by trade, and uh, so he's very good at that. And he's got the gift for gab, which <laughs> almost too much, but that's that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. he's and then we got other uh, baseball loving people scattered around. Chris Beecham's in Wabash. Mark De La Garza is in Fort Wayne and Jeff Lou Zetter, known as Sweet Lou. He's in West Lafayette. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and we've I, had guests galore. Yeah. I, has he gotten all the hats, by the way? Has he gotten every hat? He's probably got 99%. I mean, the ones he, he didn't get as if, the, as if the teams laid out and didn't have a season last year. Mm-hmm. So there might be one or two, but that just about four, close to 400 hats. Plus... A couple of years ago, he said, "Well, why don't we just get the college hats?" So he's got all of those, and that's a that's a shorter list. I'm you know, so confused. there's 38 of them. This man, know. this man that Steve co-hosts a podcast with, literally has like all the hats of every high school baseball team in the state. Oh, so just high school? So this and is high the school. college can can apparently the college teams high are school now and college, too. and he's got I don't know how many hats he has all together. He's just a hat collector, yeah. over a thousand. It's like he's, Hardy. Hardy the Hat Guy on Twitter. You, you ever talk to Dan Botticker about hat collecting? No. He's, he's a big-time hat collector. No. But uh, Yeah, so the, he would be interesting to to chat about in a, in a lot of ways. Does he wear a different one every day, or, is it, or they just keep six? Does he, like, wear them all the time? He wears them. It, with a lot of these high school hats, it doesn't matter because it's for the collection. He donated all the college ones to the the Hall of Fame in Jasper mm-hmm. and the other ones he takes around in a collection. It takes hours just to set it up on the racks. Um, those don't matter because he doesn't necessarily wear those. If they fit him, he does. But but yeah, he, he has a lot of them and it's whatever his noggin is. <laughs> he likes the fitted kind. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a way distraction from what we needed to be talking about. But it was a fun discussion. Though. It I was. I, I've always been intrigued by the hat guy. I knew he was close last year. I, was, I still follow him on Twitter. I knew he was close. I didn't know if he got there yet. Okay, Class 4A, Sectional 4, Baseball, hosted by Penn High School. Six teams in this one. Elkhart is the defending sectional champions. Uh, game 1, Goshen, Warsaw, next Thursday, May 26th, 5 p.m. Penn and Elkhart to follow in the other quarterfinal game. Semifinals will be the winners of those two games from Thursday, playing Saturday, May 28th, 10 a.m. Northridge and Concord to follow at 12.30 approximately. And then the championship game at Penn, Memorial Day, May 30th, 11 a.m. Um, yeah, let's talk about all of it. How about that? Um, the NLC baseball race, do we want to talk about that first? Because this is the teams that are all involved there. Goshen, Warsaw, Northridge, still all involved in the NLC championship race. Five teams still open to get a share of the conference title at a, at a minimum. Only f- There's only a scenarios now where it can either be one, two, or four teams that can clinch a share. There's no three-team scenarios left that I could figure out. So. Feels like Goshen has the momentum to end up 
getting their at least a share of an NLC title, the first one since '98, supposedly. I was told. On paper, they have the easiest game of the contenders. Mm-hmm. Like Northridge plays Plymouth, Mishawaka plays Warsaw, and then Goshen gets Northwood. So like, on paper, Goshen has to be feeling kind of good going in. And it's at Fen Field. And it's at Fen Field, historic mm-hmm. Fen Field. Is it really historic? I don't know. That's Probably not. <laughs> I know this because Northwood played the last game on that field. They're going to have a turf field, and you know if the construction goes forward like it's supposed to, they played their last game on. The, their current field. Oh, Northwood? Yeah. Yeah, I know they were getting that their new field. That was last night. Yeah, against Plymouth, the 5-1 five, five, loss. Tough. Well, I remember last year, Steve covered the Northwood-Goshen game for us at Northwood because that was Northwood going for the conference title. Mm-hmm. I was over there taking photos of tennis, went over and got photos of baseball, then went back over to tennis. Bethany Christian already had lost and left. I was like, wait, where did uh, Coach go? Where did the team go? They're like, oh, yeah, they left because they, they lost. It was like, oh, Dang. Okay. <laughs> guess guess we're not talking to Bethany Christian. Um, and then Northwood won on a crazy come from behind, like, seventh inning rally to win that game. Uh, much different Northwood team last year than this year. They're currently 4-18, and 3-10 and 10 in the NLC. Everyone gets a mulligan, you know. They, yeah. They get a At, rebuilding season. So as, as of now, Northridge, Goshen, both 9-4 and four in the NLC. And then you have Warsaw, Mishawaka, Plymouth. All eight and five. So Warsaw, Mishawaka, loser of that game, out on Wednesday. Winner of that game could still have some chaos happen. If Plymouth beats Northridge and Northwood beats Goshen, we have a four-way tie. Northridge, Plymouth, Goshen, and the winner of the Mishawaka-Warsaw game win the NLC. They all get a, share. get a quarter of the trophy. Yeah, Just how do you quarter? cut that up? <laughs> you go to like a place and get it cut in four pieces? You know? Um, Northridge... Northridge wins, Goshen loses, Northridge outright champs. Same thing if Goshen wins and Northridge loses, Goshen is the outright champ. If they both win, they both share the title. So that, you know, obviously like win, win and not winning in, but a win and you get a share. You're guaranteed at least a share for Goshen and Northridge. So. I mean, the other thing that comes down to this, this is the last regular season. Well, this is the last regular. Last NLC NLC. There's only a couple left for each of them. Right. So you got to think about pitch counts you got to think about who's going to pitch how many innings and stuff so it's like do we care more about this nlc title or do we care more about the postseason coming up not everybody's maybe in that situation but that could that could I, be something to watch out I, for i think given that sectionals don't start for you know eight more days so we're, prob- we're probably we're probably fine you can yeah. pitch your second guy or not be too worried like um i don't know who goshen will pitch probably mitch daniels did Mitch yeah. Daniels pitched Monday? Turner pitched yesterday. Turner, so probably Mitch Daniels. Northridge had a couple different guys. They were trying to – uh, Chad Gerard was going to pitch Caden Plank against Plymouth, but they brought him in for relief, and he pitched more in, He pitched more pitches than Kate Carrington did mm-hmm. as the you, starter yesterday. You know something that strikes me about Northridge is how deep their pitching is. Yeah, they've had some good pitching they've this year. They've got one, two, three, four, five guys who pitched at least 19 innings. Mm-hmm. That is pretty deep. Yeah, Kate you Carrington, don't see that often. McLean Miller, Trevor Yoder, Zach Martin, Caden Plank. They could use all of those guys. I mean, yeah. Carrington's well, probably been the most uh, effective guy, but they could use just about anybody and, yeah. and do pretty well. Gerard said he's and gonna, all the and all the ERAs are low. I mean, right. Plank three seven one. That's by high, by the heart, by far the highest of that group there. Mm-hmm. 
and that's not terrible for a high school pitcher, you know. I mean, Carrington's one nine eight as we speak here yeah. on Tuesday as we yeah. take this. Well, hopefully he doesn't pitch again, so those numbers sound you know the same. No, he'll probably pitch again at some point this weekend. Um, because they have they they're going to have a full week off because they're going to play Saturday. I think they have a non-conference game or whatever Friday or Saturday, and then they get a full week off. Northridge and Concord get a full week off before they play sectional, so they're going to be ready to go. Mm. This is a draw that we talked about. I talked about this with Steve before we got in and started recording, but this draw is like it's on paper it's good for Northridge, right? You draw Concord in a semifinal. Concord has struggled this year. They're seven and thirteen, seven and fourteen overall, but they have one really good pitcher, Zach Padinsky, who will pitch against Northridge. Like that is a tough, tough draw in that respect for Northridge because that will be a that'll be a dogfight. Concord, if they win, they probably won't win Monday because of their pitching lack of pitching depth. It's like the opposite of what Northridge has. Mm-hmm. But Concord could. Hang in that game with Northridge with Pedinsky on the mound if he's dealing. Yeah, they've won seven games. Yeah, and what say that again? Zach Pedinsky. I know I didn't want to screw it up. Pedinsky. Pedinsky. P D Z I N S K. Pedinsky. 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 Zach. What a dramatic Just call him Zach. Zach. He has a great flow, by the way. I saw it on Twitter. He won some kind of award. A few of like four Concord players won some kind of award. He was in the picture. I was like, wow, this man well, has some he's nice He's also hair. one of their better hitters because he's hitting 383 right now. And he's been on base yeah, half the time. 513 is on base percentage. So. Going into, like he had a stretch against ECA and Goshen last week. He had eight straight hits. It's pretty good. He's a, uh, but like we said, what I was going to say was they've won seven games. He has four wins to himself. So he's a, he's a big piece to this team for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, and Penn, perennially, strong team. So that's going to be tough. Elkhart is kind of scuffling a little bit this year. They're not as good as they were last year. Uh, still a decent team, but feels like Penn should win there. And then whoever wins that Goshen-Warsaw game gets Penn on Saturday morning. So We cannot have Goshen go one and done, man. We can't have it. Mm. The Goshen they, News will not survive that. They played Warsaw two close games. They lost both games, but yeah. they were right there. One of them was, you know, delayed a month because of darkness, so who knows. But that was And then insane. a 2-1 game, you know, on Saturday. So what's crazy, one last note maybe about the NLC race, all of this chaos has been caused basically by the Northridge forfeit to Plymouth, which is just crazy. Like, if that game stands as it happened, Northridge already has a share of it clinched mm-hmm. at this point. They would have be they'd be ten and three going into the final day and Plymouth would be out of it. But now with that forfeit, all of this has kind of spiraled out of control. So I love it. I wonder if they're gonna take out that frustration on them. They might know, their next game. Beat them legitimately. Yeah. There's something you haven't touched on that probably needs mentioning is that Thomas Castile. Yes. He's set the school record for stolen bases. He's got 29 this season, and his career total is he, 69? He had 69 through well, going into Monday. I don't know how if he had any steals on yeah, Monday Yeah, at least night. one stolen base, so he's, he's above, he's at he's at above, 70. He, he's above the 69. Well, that's... The, 
that's legit right there. Yeah. If he gets on first base, there's a good chance he'll be at second, and then there's a good chance he'll be at third. I mean, Panarski and Alford have 11 apiece, and that's good, but that's, you know, Castillo is... Yeah. Has Goshen hit a home run this year? I don't even know if they've hit a home run. I'm not sure they have. Maybe one or two at the most. They've really embraced the small ball. Yeah. They have 92 stolen bases this season. It's pretty good. So... (laughs) It's pretty good. I would say that's their MO, for sure. Yeah. And Northridge has 109. Yeah. They've They've spread them out. They don't have a Castillo with... 30, but they they got a lot of guys with, well, like Gavin Collins has 17 and Gate Sines has 20. Yeah, watching them last night in person for the first time, it was like, oh, they get one on, the guy is on first base, he's going to steal for second. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the, I don't I don't think anyone is like immune to not being able to steal for them. Like, everyone is going, no matter what. And they're trying to lay down bunts and move runners, runners over. Northridge and Goshen are very similar in that regard. Right. Although Northridge has more pop in the lineup with Max Horner and Gavin Collins, and um, yeah, those two for sure with you, the pop. You know what's you know what's interesting to me is that some of these teams have adapted the what I call the oven mitt. Mm-hmm. You see the sliding mitt that they wear yeah. on either the left or the right hand, whichever they're most comfortable with. The lead when they slide mm-hmm. with that, and that seems to be a thing on a turf field that you know works out good, and, and these teams. You know, Northridge has a turf field, and Penn is a turf field, but you you can use them other. I remember one game, I think it was a college game, they were doing it, and they were trying to get all this stuff on there, and they don't get it on in time because they're trying to hand all this body yeah. armor over to the first base coach <laughs> and get that on, and then they sled feet first, and we're out by two steps. And so that's <laughs> the whole point. You got to get the to, you got to yeah. get the rhythm to get all that stuff unloaded and get that thing on your hand like yeah. if you're going to use it if only our listeners could have seen what steve that. was doing just <laughs> he steve was doing he was, he was acting it all out i, know I say i'm not any i'm not italian but i talk with my hands yeah. but this, <laughs> I this also doesn't like to do this does you know good on the podcast you can't see me it's a visual medium obviously podcasting yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we that's that should be a fun sectional i'm looking forward to that sectional a lot of good teams you know pen just might end up winning it but whatever Northridge and Goshen, Warsaw, you know, when, all all sneaky. Yeah, when the rotation uh, falls, where Penn ends the other other way away from these teams, mm-hmm. they win. And when Penn's in here, they've won a, a whole bunch. Obviously, I mean, if you look at the uh, you look at the all time Penn's won twenty two sectionals. Now it's been since two thousand eighteen since they the last won one. They're so still they a got, good team. This should be... And they've won, you know, they've got four state titles and a runner-up finish, so... Yeah, they're pretty good, historically. Historically. Pretty good. Okay, let's, uh, let's try to get through some of these section, other sectionals. Class 3, sectional 21, Evan, you want to read off? Yes. The pairings. This will be at Jimtown High School. There are six teams in this respective sectional. Wawasee is the defending sectional champion, if you remember. That was a good time. Yep, they up. I would say they pulled an upset over Northwood in that yeah. title game. Yep. Game yep. one, Wawasee will take on Tippecanoe Valley. This will be on Wednesday, May 25th at 5 p.m. Game two will be on the same day following game one. Lakeland will take on West Noble. And uh, game three will be on Saturday. Both those teams, whoever win game one and games two, will play each other in game three on Saturday in the semifinals. And then we also have Northwood and Jimtown that day following that game 
And then the championship game is also on Memorial Day Monday, May 30th at noon. Yeah, this is, um, we've talked about it a little bit. Feels like it's Jim Towns to lose. Um, and same thing, though, with Concord against Northridge. Northwood has a pretty solid pitcher in Gage Gongwer. So he could pitch them, you know, potentially. Like, mm-hmm. keep it close with Jimtown. Like, I that wouldn't, you know, su- surprise me necessarily if that game stayed fairly close throughout because Gongwer is a really solid pitcher for them. Um, Wallace has been playing a little better lately. They have figured out some things. They're still struggling at times. I mean, they almost beat Goshen Monday night. That would have been a nice win for them. But if you look at their schedule, at least on Game Changer, Salazar said like seven. But on Game Changer, like four or five games, they've lost by one run. So, I mean, mean, those games go a different way. They're completely – we're talking about them in a completely different light. So, I mean, they have good hitters. Grant Brooks could pitch – I mean, both Brooks brothers actually, Ty Brooks and Grant Brooks are very good pitchers. So, I mean, watch out as far as – Jimtown. I, I like Wawasi and Jimtown, right? Those are the two teams in this because, yeah, I mean, you, I, look, you look at Lakeland, West Noble, Northwood, all those teams are struggling this season, obviously. Lakeland and West Noble for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much about Tippy Valley. Steve, you got any insights on Tippy Valley you could share with us? Well, when Tippy Valley played Wawasi, it was one of those slugfests. It was 22 15. That's <laughs> right. Valley yeah. Valley it was in, yeah, well, it was the second game of an invitational. Right. It was, yeah. You weren't necessarily throwing your, your, your best pitchers there. Um, you're Evans right about Brooks brothers. Grant's hitting 462 and Ty's hitting 263, and then their pitching numbers are very are very good. Um, the top Valley hitter right now is Anakin Pettit. I wonder if they like Star Wars. How many Anakins <laughs> do you know? Not many. Uh, no. I, I, I don't, I'm not even. A, I'm not even a. Star, Star Trek Wars. person, Star and I know, Wars. and I and I know that, and he I know said, that. An, he said Anakin and Star Trek, right? It's Star Wars. Star Wars. See, that's how. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. how, that's how irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know anything. Right? Yeah. Star Wars and Star Trek are that. They're not the same thing. Yeah, they, they are not. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. No. But Valley is. They've lost a lot of games to the weather. They, as we speak, they've only played. They're four nine. Only played thirteen wow. games. Thirteen games. So wow. they got to. I mean, if they play every day between now and Saturday, they're not going to get to twenty-eight games, which they probably they probably scheduled. Um, so that's that's unfortunate. That's for crazy. Them. That's crazy. Yeah, it, like I said, Jimtown has played well this year. Just kind of following peripherally their scores. Well, Jimtown's been ranked in the polls. I mean, they beat Northwood four to one, but that was the first game of the season for Northwood. Mm-hmm. So that was a you know that was a million years ago, but they are very, uh, very deep. They're pitching. They've got 121 strikeouts and 46 walks mm-hmm. in 147 and a third innings. So if you've got pretty close to three to one strikeouts to walk ratio, that's pretty good because I've seen some that's almost one to one or mm-hmm. or they got more walks and they got strikeouts. Some pitchers mm-hmm. do on some staffs, but uh, not uh, not Jimtown. They've got, they're very deep on yeah. the mound. Ben McAllister uh, is three and oh, and Sam Garner, who's one of their top defense or offensive players, he's two and three and Anderson Slaybaugh has actually pitched the most for them with uh, almost 
34 innings, so that they could throw. Tyson House, who's who's their quarterback, football team, he threw a he hasn't pitched a whole lot, but he threw a no hitter in the one of the games that he that he pitched. So. Not not against Wawasee, that's for sure. No hitter. There's a lot of hits in the Wawasee game against them. So, um, right. He's yeah. only pitched uh, well. He's only pitched like five and two thirds innings. So, so his no hitter was his no hitter was about a five inning, four <laughs> inning no hitter. So he, he, he hasn't been used a lot, but he's been effective when he and he also is you know he's a three fifty three hitter with twenty RBIs. So. Mm-hmm. So they're they're a good they're a good team offensively as well as being deep on the mound. Yeah. And they're playing on their own field, so that doesn't hurt. Yeah, that's Definitely. that'll be nice for them. And that it's not a short drive to Jimtown for like any of the other five teams. Like it kind of for Northwood, but like Oh, that's why the twenty bypass was invented. Right. They have the football <laughs> rivalry every week. It's week easy, one. It's it's kinda easy to get to Jimtown even though just because of where it's located, but there is some distance for those other places. Yeah. Okay. Class 2A, sectional 35 baseball. Central Noble defending sectional champion. Six teams. Uh, game one, Wednesday, May 25th, Fairfield versus Prairie Heights, 5.30 p.m. LaVille Central Noble to follow that night. And then Saturday semifinals are the game one and game two winners. Yeah, at 11 a.m., and then Westview and Bremen to follow. Championship game, Monday, May 30th, 1 p.m., over at Westview. Um, we're going to – Fairfield will, will probably pitch Hershberger Wednesday, and hopefully they get him for Saturday. Westview is playing very well right now. They still have a chance to win the NECC outright, at least get a share of it. Fairfield can, too, if there's some craziness at the top. Hand but, up. Hand up to us, right? We haven't we haven't maybe covered Westview baseball as much as we should have. We should, I, you know what? They just they just kept on winning, man. They've just yeah. kudos to them. Like they just just they haven't. I don't know. They've just figured out a way. Early on, they're like okay, and they they went off on it's like a six seven game winning streak, and uh, they're they don't do anything overly flashy. I feel like, but they they get the job done. They get the wins. That's all that matters. So according to Game Changer, Engel, their pitcher, Max, yes. We give him. I mean, you said he's thrown up great numbers. Thirty-eight innings pitched, five and one, two point two one ERA. It's like, man, he gets over. Have, he gets overshadowed. We have not talked about his the season he's had enough. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, he gets very overshadowed by the the junior and senior pitchers of the NECC. Hershberger, of course, at Fairfield. Tello McGarrett, Willard at Eastside. Like he's a freshman, kind of coming in with all the other guys. He's had no no pressure on him to pitch. He's like mm-hmm. no no eyeballs are watching him necessarily because Hershberger's catching all the headlines for us and, and um, other people. Yeah, yeah. And Willard. <laughs> I guess said Willard and Callum. Yeah. So yeah. and you got the and you got the dynamic that I think of. You know because Mark Engel, his dad is the AD at, at Fairfield, Fairfield now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he and Mark back in the day was the Westview head baseball coach. Yeah, so if that's a Fairfield Westview final, oh man, a lot of tension in the Angle House. That'll be uh, that Sunday before the game. You think they both pitch uh, Tuesday night? Tonight? Yeah. I would think that they. I would. Hershberger pitched Wednesday, so I'm betting he pitches tonight, and then they save him for next Wednesday. So give him eight days rest. Mm-hmm. And I bet you. And I don't know when Angle pitched last for Westview, but he might pitch tonight. He might. They might save him for Thursday against Eastside. 
Yeah, it's true. Because that's a big game for them as well. And then they probably pitch them in that Saturday Bremen game. So. Angles would be, I guess you would consider him their ace, but Alec Titus has, has a pretty good season good on the mound. Good for them as well. Micah yeah. Miller, I mean, they're pretty deep on the mound as well. Yeah. I Yeah. I mean, Fairfield feels like the best team at the top four there. And Westview has been having a really nice year. So <laughs> it feels like it should be Fairfield and Westview. Obviously, baseball is a weird game. Things happen. You could lose one nothing when you – you can get 10 hits and still lose one nothing, you know? Like something crazy like that can happen and because that's baseball. So yeah. and Fairfield's been playing some pretty heavy hitters outside of the conference too. Yeah. So whether they've been winning all of those games, that's going to that should toughen them up, you would yeah. think. They're still 14 and 4. And they're still a really good team. They're probably not going to win the NECC or a share of it because Eastside Fremont and Westview all have one loss still currently, but so that's gonna that would take a lot of work for them to get a share, but you never know. Like it's just they 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 feel like they could win that sectional and Westview again pulling with a lot of confidence. Fairfield Westview tonight Tuesday night. You know we talked about it at the beginning or I talked about it at the beginning about a lot of emotions obviously right now with Fairfield's baseball program with the passing of Caden Schrock and tonight's gonna be one of those nights where it's gonna be very emotional. So I. You know, 7 o'clock game, Westview's pulling out the red carpet for him and everything. So, um, And it's hard to keep that perspective of it being a game. Like, this is a big game. It would have been a big game on paper anyway for Westview and Fairfield because of where they're at in the standings and sectional positioning and things like that. But everything on the backdrop with, with Cadence passing now is amplifying almost the whole whole night. So, yeah. Very sad. Sorry, I didn't mean to make it really get sad there, but okay. Um, should we just finish it up? One last section we'll talk about, and then we can go home. <laughs> Class one A sectional fifty one baseball. Um, I can read it off. Yeah, take us home. You need time to recover from that uh, from bringing up the tough news. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this off. Um, yeah. Yeah, Class 1A, Sectional 51 at Fremont High School. There is seven teams in this sectional. Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. No shocker there, defending sectional champion. Game 1, Fremont. Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian will take each other on Wednesday, May 25th at 6 p.m. And then Game 2 is Elkhart Christian against Fort Wayne Canterbury on Thursday, the next day, May 26th. And Game 3, Bethany Christian will be playing Lakewood Park Christian on Thursday as well, following... ECA and Fort Wayne Canterbury. Game four, Hamilton. You know, of course, they get the nice buy. They, they'll play the winner of Fremont and Blackhawk Christian on Saturday. And the game two and game three winners will play each other following that game. And then we have the championship game on Monday, Memorial Day, May 30th at 11 a.m. Man. it um, Fremont and Blackhawk. Whoever wins that probably Ch- wins the sectional. <laughs> Champion, at least going to the championship just, game just for being, sure. Well, yeah, they're going to beat Hamilton. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You, me, and, and Steve could beat Hamilton. Well, Hamilton hasn't won. I don't know what their losing streak is all together, but they haven't won this season yet. Yeah. Unless they pull off a victory this week, they might go in there yeah, unless 0-4. Unless they play like South Bend Career Academy I mean, I mean, or something. They, they're mm-hmm. unfor- yeah, they're, they're overmanned, unfortunately, for them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Fremont's ranked in the top 10 in the 1A poll this week. Saw that. They were 10th. 
Mm-hmm. Blackhawk, a formidable team as well. Bethany beats the bad teams, so they got a nice draw in that regard. They could easily be in that final. They lost to uh, LPC this season, though. It was two to one. Two to one, close game. Close so game, but they did lose. I can't remember how far back it was. But it was like last middle week. This, it was about a week ago, week. week or two ago. So it was recent. It wasn't, you know, early April. Beck uh, Willems has been their their top hitter and one of their uh, top pitchers. All the Tyson Chup, I guess, would be their top pitcher. Chup's so, been a good pitcher. So those two guys, they do everything. What yeah. Bethany does, <laughs> it goes by Ch- that. Chup so. and Willems at Bethany Christian. They tend to be is in it, every sport, yeah. male or is female. Is there anything that Beck Willems can't do athletically? I don't. I know think he's so. going to go play basketball in college, but he probably could throw like a hundred <laughs> feet in the shop or the discus, not the shot put. He could probably throw hundred feet. feet that would be a record to. or something. Yeah, hundred <laughs> feet. The state record <laughs> in Indiana for the shot is seventy feet. So if he threw a hundred <laughs> feet in the shot, you put, see that kid that's shooting from, for seventy three? Yeah, from columbus north he's incredible yeah he threw it out of the shot put ring like how do you that's insane that was incredible to watch uh-huh. um so uh-huh. yeah that that 1a sectional of fremont it's tough sledding for bethany just because fremont and blackhawk are pretty good um yeah they I, could make the final because they could make the final yeah that's 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 definitely attainable i just don't know if they have a chance when they get there and fremont doesn't have to get on the bus with four square tires either i Right. I think that means something when these, I mean, some of these teams don't have that far to travel to get to Fremont. Elkhart Christian and Bethany aren't in that category. They have yeah. a trip I mean, to, to get over there. Fort Wayne isn't necessarily. And Fremont's that, home, so that yeah. helps. Fort Wayne isn't that that close to Fremont either. It's not. No, it, no. It's going to be a little bit of a drive for no. everybody. Like that that sectional being there is not the best geographical. Thank God Fremont goes up to 2A next year. Because we don't got to worry about that anymore, <laughs> for Bethany Christian's sake. Right. Um, so yeah, that's it. I think that sound good, Steve. Did Sounds you go? Did you? How'd you feel like that went? That went. That went well. I got a lot. Of, I can talk for another half an hour with all the information I have, but we don't want to bore people. That could be. You know what? Uh-huh. List it all off on your podcast uh, with, with uh-huh. Hardy the Hat Guy and everyone next week on Sunday night. We'll have to tune in. Is it like a live show? Like, can people watch it live? Live on the internet would be on YouTube and Facebook and baseballacrossindiana.com. And it's archived. If you don't catch it live, then yeah. you can go back and get it later. Cool. Well, Steve, thank you for coming in as always, helping kind of share some insights in the baseball sectionals and overall sectionals and judging uh, Evan's jokes and other things like that. So. And making Thanks sure, the, judging if he me. was saying a compliment or not to me about my de, uh, demeanor or my... Uh, Your way of life. My strategy of how to run the Goshen <laughs> News Sports Department. Um, not you, like guys are, you guys are walking around second-guessing each other all the time. I only get to see it occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> you got to enjoy Yeah, you got to love when I'm like, oh, hey, here's the schedule. But then this might also be a schedule. This is like that week. This is the weeks of like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, we, we think we know what we're going to do. But then something happens, something pops up. Well, I always have said that the spring is like hair on fire because yeah. after wherever your spring break falls and it's like seven weeks and then there you get the postseason. So it's so concentrated and then it's just the busiest time yeah. of the year just because it all falls in the, at the same two-week right. period pretty yeah. much. Next, next week we have uh, regional track, regional and semi-state girls tennis, Sectional softball, sectional baseball. There you go. 
all within like an eight-day stretch. And then regional softball from May 23rd and to May golf 31st. golf falls right I mean, after that. Golf goes right after it, yeah. So... We'll do soft, or we'll do golf sectional preview when we get closer to golf. They they got a couple more weeks. June third, we'll wait for that because we have to figure out who's like still going to win the conference tournaments and things like that in golf. So we're we're focusing on just the sports that start sectionals in the next week here. So thank you again, Steve, for coming. This has been a great episode, long episode, almost an hour and twenty minutes. Um, but that's what you do when we do an sectional preview extravaganza. Godspeed to everyone listening. Thank you, everyone, and have a good uh, rest of your week. We'll be back next week to recap as much of this as we can. And, uh, yeah, that's it.